Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's December 4th, 2023. Welcome to The Quadcast. I'm your host, Sam Markram, and we're going to dive in to today's most pertinent cancer news. First up, everything in its place. Immune checkpoint inhibition as consolidation for responders to definitive chemoradiation is the current standard for locally advanced non-small cell lung cancer. AstraZeneca recently announced that Pacific 2 failed to demonstrate a significant improvement in the primary endpoint of progression-free survival with Dervalumab started concurrent with chemoradiation when compared to and in my mind, this is the eyebrow-raising part, compared to chemoradiation alone, as in chemoradiation without consolidative dravalumab, which has been arguably the standard since the first Pacific publication. These results suggest that starting dravalumab concurrent with chemoradiation not only doesn't help, but somehow negates its benefit as consolidation. There are a few speculations as to why. First, the radiation biology theory that radiation upregulates PD-1 expression would make the argument that dervalumab is more effective in a sequential rather than concurrent manner. Next, there's the theory that this study includes all comers, not just those who respond to initial chemoradiation, which may mean poor actors in both arms are diluting any potential discrepancy. And finally, there's a little detail in the initial press release on how many in the chemoradiation arm moved on to salvage therapy and how quickly, leaving the possibility that early salvage immune checkpoint inhibition may be all that any of these patients need. The bottom line is, initial results of Pacific 2 found no improvement in progression-free survival when concurrent and consolidative dravalumab were added to chemoradiation alone. Thanks to AstraZeneca, 2023. Up second, separate but equal. Did you know breast cancer cells can sometimes be found in the axillary tissue completely separate from axillary nodes and extracapsular extension? Here is a novel investigation asking what is the significance, if any, of this finding. Looking back at over 2,100 pathology specimens from node-positive breast cancer, it turns out that involvement of axillary soft tissue was a harbinger of both axillary recurrence and distant metastases. At 10 years, the rate of distant mets was 42% with involvement of both axillary soft tissue and extracapsular extension, 23% for either involvement of axillary soft tissue or extracapsular extension, and only 13% with neither. Receiving regional nodal irradiation appeared to have the risk of local regional recurrence across the board, and when it was given, escalation from sentinel node sampling to full dissection did nothing to further reduce the risk. The bottom line is, breast cancer involvement of axillary soft tissue looks to be a risk factor for axillary recurrence similar to, but separate from, extracapsular extension, and the risk of each is additive. Thanks to Gnome, 
JCO, 2023. Up next, a T-stage rethink. There are a whole lot of factors to consider when estimating the quote-unquote riskiness of a man's prostate cancer. Why not add another to the mix? A retrospective look at 123 men receiving definitive ultra-hypofractionated radiation, 36.25 gray in five fractions, with or without ADT, for predominantly intermediate-risk prostate cancer, found three pretreatment multiparametric prostate MRI parameters to be highly predictive of post-treatment PSA nadir and time to PSA nadir, PIRAD score, prostate lesion size, and number of prostate lesions. This adds to prior data suggesting prostate lesion size, something that was challenging to visualize until relatively recent history, may one day impact decisions on the aggressiveness of treatment, such as when to incorporate a targeted, dose-escalated boost. Thanks to RAIN, Advances in Radiation Oncology, 2023. Up next, big time. While logically, it should give you pause, a particularly large prostate of greater than 100 cc's does not appear to convert any increased risk of high-grade toxicity following definitive ultra-hypofractionated prostate radiation in a retrospective analysis of 71 such cases. It's possible there is a signal to increase low-grade toxicity, but that could be a part of the risk-benefit conversation. Thanks to Hurwitz. Practical Radiation Oncology, 2023. Up next, less murky. A Canadian registry study of 400 patients with head and neck Merkel cell carcinoma demonstrated longer survival times across the board when radiation was added to surgery, again suggesting Merkel cell carcinoma of the head and neck uniquely benefits from the addition of radiation. Thanks to Knudsen, JAMA Network Open, 2023. Finally, instant notification. Nearly two-thirds of cancer patients review their radiology and pathology results a median of 6.4 hours after they hit the electronic health record, and a whopping 75% are viewed by patients before the clinician. Thanks to BALA, JAMA Oncology, 2023. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.